This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Blue Wire. Hello, friends, and welcome into episode 27 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson, joined by my co-host, Ella Giovanni and Ella, it was Mother's Day this past weekend. I know you are at home with your mom, which is awesome. My mom is thousands of miles away, but <laughs> we we were able to say, you know, talk on the phone a little bit before um, I had to go to work and everything. But I love this holiday because there's nothing better than your mom. Um, I'm a daddy's girl, but my mom is definitely somebody that I cherish. Mm-hmm. I know my mom always makes the joke that I favor my dad over my mom, but you would be nothing without your mom. I would be nothing exactly. without my mom. She's my best friend in the whole world. She knows that. Everyone knows that because everyone that knows my mom loves my mom who doesn't love my mom. Yeah, so it was great. nice. She is. It was nice to spend the day with her and with my grandmom. Um, so it, it it was very nice to be home because so many years, especially when I'm away at school, you don't always have the time like like you to to be home with them on this day. Yeah, our business is so crazy. You've been fortunate to be close to home and at home uh, so far in your career. I have not. I've been away from home for years. And so mm-hmm. these are the times I think it's hard for me sometimes because my family is so far away and um it's it's funny though cuz like my I've grown as I've grown I've learned to like I'm calling my mom every night. <laughs> so oh, it's yeah. like I'm going like backwards in time in a way cuz there was a time that I kind of went through my diva stage in in college <laughs> and high school where I just my mom I didn't talk to as much. Now I'm like calling her every night and she's so funny because my mom doesn't naturally know sports that's my dad but yes. my mom always asks me like, okay, well, what did you cover today, Kayla? You know, <laughs> she, she'll, when we had the NFL draft here, she was like, so can I tune in and, and can I see you on the uh, the draft? And I'm like, well, mom, you, you can't really see me on the draft, but you can, can watch it in the city that I'm in. She's kind of funny when it comes to that stuff. She's a little bit like clueless in, in some ways with sports, but she tries. <laughs> yes, I know. It's so funny. My mom... We call her Chris Jenner. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. She's our momager, but not like in a Chris Love Jenner it. way. But we just we like to make fun of her, of course. And she does everything to help my sister in her career as well. So she's always juggling everything that both of us are doing. We would not be standing on two feet if it wasn't for her. Um, obviously, she does not <laughs> know as much about sports as my dad and I. Right. Um, but she tries to get in on the conversation. Yeah. I like when she does it. Or sometimes if my dad and I are doing sports talk talk in the car we'll say mom what are your thoughts and she'll try and come up with something and it's it's really funny those are kind of the best things we like to 
joke with my mom a little bit about that kind of stuff when we're having those conversations. Yeah. And she'll oh, yeah. she'll try to chime in, but it's all it's all a good fun. Well, yes. I'm glad you had a happy Mother's Day and you got to be with your mama. Um, we're going to transition into our three pointers for this mm-hmm. podcast. And if yeah. you guys are just kind of getting in on our new way of doing things here on this podcast, we are doing things a little bit different. So we just pretty much have our three points that really caught our attention this week in the world of sports. And we just go at it and we'll bring a guest in a little later. Yes. So our first three point, one of our three pointers um, on this episode, Kayla, which I know we get deep into talking about this pretty yeah. regularly, especially lately, is the talk and the buzz about the declining interest in Major League Baseball. It's mm-hmm. the conversation is is um, getting hyped up more and more, and it's interesting because some of the baseball guests we've had on the past, we've asked them about this kind of rising issue in sports about speeding up the game and their thoughts on speeding up the game and why your ticket sales low and things like that. And, you know, I, I know you kind of have a take being in Nashville and some of the things I have read, I've come to the conclusion really that baseball is such a tradition centric sport. And I Mm -hmm. love that about the sport, but it also has not evolved with the times and the generations really. And you look at some of these other sports like football, for example, every event in the national football league is a spectacle. The combine is a spectacle. People tune in and get excited over the NFL combine, which is really to watch future NFL players do drills essentially is what that is Mm -hmm. and watch them get interviewed by 400 members of the media, but it's a spectacle. And and it and it works for the NFL because people are tuning in and and the interest level in the NFL just keeps rising and rising and rising while baseball is falling. Yeah, it makes me extremely sad because I've mentioned on here several times I'm a baseball first person. Baseball and hockey are my true loves when it comes to sports. And I grew up with it. I grew up playing softball, but watching a lot of baseball. I have covered it a majority of my career. I know a lot of players, a lot of coaches, a lot of managers. And it saddens me because I love the game so much. Right now, Mm -hmm. I'm covering Vanderbilt, a lot of Vanderbilt baseball. And, um, you know, college level is a little bit different. But they're going to be a lot of the guys that move on to, to be the pros. And I hate for it that this is the future that we've been hearing about is that there is Mm -hmm. no future. I -hmm. think a major thing that they've got to look at is just the time of it because the Mm -hmm. pace of baseball is so different and the younger generation is their attention span is not what it, what ours was or what, you know, our moms or dads are there grandparents were. And so I think something eventually is going to have to change a little bit. I get it. Baseball is a traditional sport. I'm not saying that baseball needs to change a lot. I'm Mm -hmm. saying they need to tweak things here and there. And then the other thing that I think, Ella, and you really brought this up a little bit that ties into my point is they're not doing a good job of marketing the sport anymore. And that mostly comes with players right? Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. a few players that you can name, but even those players like Bryce Harper, is he really a fan favorite? I don't think so. Mm -mm. I think, you know, there was hype about Aaron judge when he first got to the bigs, but 
You don't really that's hear much about it anymore since exactly. Yeah. Right. They're not doing a good job. Major League Baseball is not doing a good enough job of promoting these players in creative ways to then promote the sport. And right. whether that be telling more stories, which I firmly believe helps anything. Right. Right. Because people want to know who those players are. And baseball mm-hmm. players, I've worked with them a lot. They have some of the best personalities. Right. So you've got to do a better job of marketing these players like mm-hmm. the NFL does, like the NBA does. Mm-hmm. And and hockey's speeding up pretty quick in terms sure. of that. I think, too, the clubs in general have to catch up. You know, social media, whether mm-hmm. you like it or not, is so huge in in keeping these players and these teams and the leagues popular because you look at Twitter accounts from some of you know these NFL teams and they are just driving fans because their content is so good and whatever that may be entertaining viral um thought-provoking whatever it is they're doing it correctly I I've been Obviously, I keep up with the Phillies Twitter and their and their Instagram and they're doing a very good job, but you don't see much of that yet in baseball. The Phillies are very entertaining. They tweet very funny things. They interact with fans mm-hmm. on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, and they're doing it well, but I don't see that enough across all of Major League Baseball. They just seem so behind and it's sad. And I was talking to my uncle this weekend, as you know, we have a lot going on personally in our family right now. And so everyone's home in Philly right now. And I was telling my uncle that we were going to talk about this topic on the podcast. And he brought up a great point. He said that in today's generation, they're so used to everything happening so quickly. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the attention span is so small now that the, the interest is just dying off because they're so used to things just happening quickly. And you're not going to find that at a baseball game. Now, I love sitting back with my pulled pork sandwich and just taking it all in. I love the sights and the sounds and the smells of a baseball game. But not everyone's into that anymore. And and he was so right when he said, today's generation, they just want it quick. They want it to happen and move yeah. on. And it's well, sad. I will say something. That doesn't make it right. So, no, no, I so agree. to all of you out there who are – New generation, great. I love the fact that you're ambitious. You want things to happen fast. But guess what? Sometimes in life it doesn't. So sit back sometimes and appreciate the pastime. Sit back mm-hmm. sometimes and appreciate traditionalism because mm-hmm. sometimes you can learn something from that. And we can't, as a society, continue just to move forward and think that that's okay too. So I think the best thing is to find a happy medium. Does baseball need to change some things? Yes. But does the new generation need to maybe sit down and appreciate what the sport has to offer? Yes. So. Just bust open your Cracker Jacks, people. Exactly. Because I love those things and there's always a toy in there. Um, (laughs) Okay, we're moving on to our second topic. And let's talk a little hockey. So everybody was so excited for this Boston and the Carolina Hurricanes um, series. Yes. A bunch of jerks. Um, (laughs) You know, they were like, you know, they're just going to keep rolling or whatever. But step back a moment. The Bruins' dominance over the Canes, really, and what they've done um, in the past two games 
is a little bit scary if you're a Hurricanes fan. Here's the thing. So the Hurricanes, they're going to have to raise their level of play considerably to get back in the series. The Bruins have actually won five games in a row. That's dating back to the series with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And in those victories, the Bruins have outscored the opposition 22 to 8. <laughs> so... And what's crazy, Ella, is they're getting production from a whole bunch of players. They've Mm -hmm. actually set an NHL playoff record with 19 different players scoring in the postseason. That right there goes to show you that this team is going to be hard to take down because when you are scoring, when you're getting that scoring from everybody on your team, from defensemen, and it's not just the couple of stars on on your team doing it, you're going to be hard to stop. And listen, it speaks a lot to just, if you're loaded in terms of depth, you can go so far, you know? Yeah. That's, the thing that's built for the postseason. Not many teams are built that way. And that's what's making me really sit back and think, who, who will be beating the Bruins? Because right now, I don't think anyone. Right. I, I think San Jose is playing really good hockey. They are. They are. I, I, I think that is... Here's the thing. Is that a sexy series? I don't think so. No. Um, I don't really – I don't get hyped up if that's the series we're going to see in the Stanley Cup final. But I think it would be a good series. I sure. think it's going to be competitive. I think mm-hmm. they're they're probably the ones that can give them the best shot, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I mean – And here's the thing. I wanted to ask you about this. Okay. Because you lived there. In Boston. And – Yes. yes and I'm sorry, I might offend people that live there, but I, I'm just getting so sick of these Boston teams. I think the fans like almost just expect their teams to win. And I get it. I give you credit like because it's a sports city. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't take anything away from that. But God, I just get so annoyed. I mean, they've, I'm just won, like, I don't... <laughs> they've won 12 championships since 2001. Oh, God. 12 championships. Since 2001. If you're a kid that was born in the 2000s, you've never experienced loss in your life. That's a problem, people. Isn't that insane? What's more insane is if the Bruins do win the Stanley Cup. That will be Mm -hmm. three parades in the city of Boston in one year. It's going to get to the point where they don't even care to go because they're like, oh, yeah, this is normal. This is normal, right? Well, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, I used to get ripped to shreds all the time for being an Eagles fan. And it was like, you know, when they finally won the Super Bowl, all those other cities across the country looked at Philadelphia like, wow, you guys really just put on that parade. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. we've been waiting forever, our whole lives for this. And how, yeah, okay, so we didn't win a Super Bowl until the 52nd one. But wasn't it so much more special and so much more incredible? Now they got to win another one. But, I mean, that's that's what it's all about, right? Not just, oh, yeah, yeah we'll see in the Super Bowl next year, see in the State in the Cup well, playoffs next year, see in the NBA playoffs next year. Except for the, seniors, the Celtics really, uh, really drowned this year. We'll get to that later, but whew. Yeah, yeah, besides the Celtics right now. But yeah. here's the thing, though. I just – I don't know. I mean, I feel like those people – like, are they really even excited now that like with, for their teams? I just don't think there's, I think Brandon Dubinsky said it when the blue jackets were playing, he was like saying something about how it wasn't that loud 
like you did for the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So I, it always just amazes me once you just start winning and it becomes just a natural thing. I don't know. I think I'd get, I would probably get a little bored of that. So just, I just, I just don't want Boston to win. I'm being selfish here. Okay? I think that the rest of the country, except people in New England, would agree with you. <laughs> Any, anybody but Boston. Okay. <laughs> But I'm excited. I'm excited to see the rest of the series. I'm excited to see if the Blues can put anything together. I don't know. We'll see. I know. Yeah, I know. I've, it's the Blues have kind of just not uh, not done as much as I thought they would. I know. I know. But, I, I was excited about them, but uh, I don't know. You got that Logan Couture though for the Sharks. Good Man. God, the guy scored 11 goals I in the know. postseason. Like I know, dude. Yeah. I mean, some of these guys just start, they just start clicking and, and you can't stop them. I love it though. That's what I'm enjoying the, the Stanley Cup playoffs. So. Well, coming up next, we're going to dive into all things NBA playoffs. We're joined by a very special guest, ESPN's Brooke Weisbrod. That'll be up in just a bit. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. Time-consuming, expensive, so many carriers to choose from. How do you know you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. And right now, Press Pass listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com. Then enter promo code BLUE. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. Well, coming in for the assist today, we welcome ESPN basketball analyst, Brooke Weisbrod. Brooke, welcome. Thanks for joining us during this busy time of year for you. Yeah, thank you. You know, I'm. it's not at the end. Of, well, it is at the end of college basketball season. And we do have the NBA, uh, the draft, and well, not the draft, I should say, but the lottery to determine the draft and the combine here in Chicago this week. So it's kind of that lull, but I'm like, oh, I, you know, I miss that excitement of college basketball season. I'm just not on a plane every day. <laughs> but it's, all, it's all good. Well, before we dive into the NBA playoffs talk, like you mentioned, you are working on NBA draft coverage and the lottery. Tell us a little bit about what covering all of these events and welcoming a new crop of players into the NBA looks like for you. Well, what's what's been really rewarding is watching the players who you've seen, you know, all the way from the beginning of their freshman season to, you know, maybe the end of their career, whether it's, you know, again, they decide, hey, I'm going to try and make it, you know, like obviously Zion and, and RJ, a lot of the freshmen that continue to just shine and, and 
make us, you know, really wonder how much better can the NBA get? I mean, we have so many right. right now. It's just really incredible. So I think it's rewarding to see them put the work in through the college season and, and understand um, the skills that are required at the NBA. You know, you can be as athletic as, as you can, but until you, until you apply the basketball knowledge and the science and, you know, learning angles and chemistry and teamwork and how all those things come together um, that's what's really fun and I think um, helps with college basketball to transition to the NBA. You know, there's a lot of skill work that goes unnoticed from high school to, to college. So you got to be ready to hit those you know, fundamentals. I mean, that's, that's what made Kobe Kobe. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into some NBA uh, playoffs talk because it's so fun right now. And you had these two conference semifinal games ended in game seven, Blazers, Nuggets, Sixers, Raptors, of course, and then headed into the conference finals. There is probably a little bit of exhaustion setting in uh, yeah. with the Raptors and the Blazers, and they'll have to overcome that to take on a fiery Bucks team, of course, and Golden State team who has been uh, here plenty of times before. Is that exhaustion a real thing when you when you're going to a game seven? I, it's so interesting that you make that point because that's exactly what sh- was was evident to me watching these games, and it was mm-hmm. pure it was pure will and gut. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So like it's the guts that got them those wins, right, ladies? Like it yeah. was so cool. Um, but there's something about uh, what you what you can tap into, and I think that's what we're seeing, and, and we're seeing that out of Kawhi, and we're seeing that out of Dame, and. It's it's been proven already at Golden State. So those guys, you know, they have the uh, the privilege of saying, "Hey, we've already been here before." You know, so, right. so we understand what it what it takes. But you know, you can't beat hungry. And I don't I don't know. I would love to have a uh, a debate and hear this debate maybe on PTI or just across networks. Who do they believe is the hungriest player? How can you yeah. how can you determine the difference between Dame, Giannis, and uh, Kawhi? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's so I true. like that. Yeah. Who do you, who would you guys pick? I mean, I'm a Dame guy because I actually covered Big Sky uh, in at Montana and we played against Weber State a lot. Mm. So I just love Dame because I've seen him from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I'm from the great Northwest too. So I kind of like, it's just good to see it, Portland in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I just love the fact that he's been such a big part of this team. I, I feel you like I'm and I'm so right for Portland right now is when <laughs> shot, I was like, they're going to win it this year. I don't know. I just get these like I get these feelings and I got to go with them because, you know, I tell um, a lot of uh, up and coming broadcasters that when you when you sometimes just go with your gut exactly what it's yeah. telling you, then, you know, that's the best take that you have. So then it's your job yeah. to defend that take. <laughs> so I'm cool with that's that. a good point. Mm hmm. You know, another thing. I'm from I'm from Philly, but I'm gonna go with Kawhi on this okay. one. All right. <laughs> as hard as that is, just because, like you said, the guts, the will in that series against the Sixers. I mean, he he led that team through that series, and if that doesn't show a certain level of hunger, I don't know what does. To be honest, mm. he he really is Mamba, and I love that he's so low key. Mm-hmm. All three guys, those three stars we just talked about: Giannis, Dame, and Kawhi are the, the three, you know, least uh, likely guys to be showing out when they get to the arena with what they're wearing. And like, I'm obsessed with that, of course, but it's nice yeah. to see a refreshing change of pace, right? They're like, nah, we're just here to play. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
you know? Great point. Know. His, his reaction, Kawhi's reaction when a media member told him that that was the first uh, buzzer beater in a game seven in the postseason, yeah. it was just kind of like you told him he was going to have a burger for dinner. Like, there, was no, there was no emotion like, at all. What's the post-game meal, guys? Where are we going? <laughs> yeah, right. I'll tell you. Well, bro, this um, Milwaukee Bucks team is so fascinating to me. They barely gave the Celtics a series. And they don't look like they're feeling the pressure of the NBA playoffs. What do the Raptors have to do to stick with the Bucks throughout maybe seven games? Who knows? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think what I see from the Bucks is when Giannis has the ball, he's able to uh, manipulate space and manipulate one or two people in that space. So they have to they have to take that away early, and especially once he starts going downhill nobody wants to get in this way. I mean, we've talked so much about not taking a charge from LeBron or what's going to be, you know, Zion, but Zion or Giannis is, is just his ability to um, change speeds, uh, how much room he takes, uh, the steps that he takes and how much room he covers. So the defense is going to get drawn in. And you also, if you're Toronto, you know, Pat Connaughton has stretched the defense a lot and he's become a, um, you know, somewhat of a consistent three-point shooter, at least a you know good enough threat that you have to keep a man on him. Um, so you have to get, I think, you know, one and a half, maybe two guys at least on Giannis, but then you got to decide who you're going to let go. I think that's going to be a, a fun series to watch, and I love that it's you know it's Milwaukee. Milwaukee doesn't get a lot of love all the time. Some of these smaller markets, so I think that'll be fun to watch. This is something I think is interesting, Brooke. I was sitting and chatting with my coworkers the other day, and speaking of smaller, um, this Warriors Blazers series, I find it fascinating that each of these teams have these small college guards that are key players. So you have Steph Curry, Davidson, Ian Clark, Belmont. Then on the other side, Damian Lillard, like I mentioned, Weber State, and C.J. McCollum, who played at Lehigh. I think it's fascinating that these guys are so integral in their teams, but yet you know they went to the, all these small colleges. Maybe we're seeing a retro back to the good old days of you know not one and dones. Maybe we're at an yeah. era where mm-hmm. we've yeah. got to open our minds up again to like the skill work sure. and the things. You know, you just, yes, there is a huge benefit to guys going straight to the NBA and um, the discussion of whether they should be paid in colleges, you know, that's, that could take up, you know, a whole podcast and a half. Uh, I, you know, I do believe that there's a lot of money being left uh, on the table for, for the athletes of the NCAA. But anyways, um, mm-hmm. it's great. It's great. And it shows that there, there is a, um, there is an end game and an end goal of, uh, social development, skill development. Um, you're able to be around, you know, students get an education, choose what you want to learn about. So there's such a great experience about going to college. And I think it's showing just that maturity that you get and, and you're building yourself to be a professional. So by the time that they get into the pros, they have already gone through a schedule of studying, uh, practice, weights, you know, as you're, as you're a pro, all of that is on you. You have to schedule your whole day. You have to hire people to, to rebound or, you know, extra, do extra workouts and trainings. And like, yes, guys will come rebound for you, but it's not required. So why not burn, you know, build that discipline at a place like Duke where you can really learn from, from all the greats that have come before you, like that opportunity is there. So I, I understand the um, argument about paying guys in college, uh, but, but certainly there's um, there's benefit to going to college. Yeah. 
Well, Kayla mentioned Steph Curry, and I feel like we can't talk about the NBA playoffs with all, without talking about Steph Curry. He struggled finding his groove early in the Warrior season with Houston. But do you see that as something he just needed to shake off? Obviously, Kevin Durant, there's still a lot of question marks about when he will return. So a lot of this weight falls on Curry. Clay Thompson had a great series against Houston as well, kind of picking up where Curry was dropping the ball. Um, so what what do we expect to see from him? Did he get it out of a system or are there still kind of some apprehensions about Steph Curry? Well, it, if he took the next shot you watched him take, would you feel like it was probably going in? I would. Mm. It's Curry, you know? Everybody's yeah. down him. I'm like, what? This is Curry. Like, you, don't, you don't all of a sudden lose how to shoot. I think had some bad games and some bad stretches, but this isn't an entire right. series. This is an entire season of that one half or a stretch. So let's remember who he is. And now the drama of him playing against his brother, like this moment to be, I, I love it. Yeah. So poor it. parents, they're going to have to figure out, you know, how do you, how do you, uh, you're just going to have to pick a side and the uniform, like, uh, you know, the, the, um, Steph's and Seth's mom said, um, that you just got to put the jersey on and then switch it out, flip a coin for next time. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Or have mom wear one, dad wear the other for yeah. the next time. Yeah. Just, <laughs> or just wear all black. Just what wear a terrible black. problem to have. Both sons in the NBA finals. I know. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. Right. Uh, before we go, Brooke, what is – I'm going to put you on the spot. What is your prediction uh, of who you think is going to take it all this year? I, I got to go with what my gut said. I think it's going to be Portland. And I – it's the underdog right. pick, right? I like that you like that. Thank you. Uh, we'll go in yeah. strong. Team Portland, <laughs> Team Blazers. The reason I like them is obviously because of of the bat, you know, point guard Damian Lillard, um, CJ McCollum. I I love his confidence. I love that he can stay calm under pressure. And I also think uh, we're not talking enough about what Cancer is doing, especially considering yeah. he's not uh, he's fasting from from sunrise to sundown for Ramadan. The man is not able to have a sip of water playing an NBA game. Like it's, oh my it's incredible his dedication to his faith. And he says it's actually making him think clearly. But this is a report that Doris Burke did um, the other night on the sideline. And I was like, I was just fascinated by his, his commitment. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I did. I did mm-hmm. not know that little tidbit. That's, it's awesome. that's awesome. incredible. Well, well, Brooke, Thank you so much for coming on. This has been fabulous. We look forward to watching all of your coverage of the lottery and the draft. And we thank you for oh, all of you. your great insight. Gabriella, Kayla, this has been us. awesome. Um, I'm going to be covering the uh, the draft, uh, lottery draft on, it's either going to be ESPN or ESPN NBA Instagrams. And uh, the same thing for the combine this week in Chicago. So go check it out. Um, it should be fun. Yeah. We look Thank forward you. to it, Brooke. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks, Brooke. Well, thank you so much to Brooke for coming on and breaking down the NBA playoffs. I'm excited to see how this all shakes out, but we're going to head outside the lines for a minute. Kayla, Jim Beeline, hired as the Cleveland Cavaliers' newest head coach, leaving the University of Michigan. What do you think of this one? 
Yeah, I mean, mid-60s, I think that he's close to that area and he doesn't have to do a big move. I think for him, it is something different. Maybe he wanted something different, but it's something that he's not going in. He's not going into a team that's a lot of that has a lot of veterans, mm-hmm. right? He's going into a team that's pretty right. young. So maybe he can put his stamp on things because we all know in college, the coaches are really a lot of the centerpiece sometimes. Sure. In the NBA, that is not the case. Mm-hmm. The players or the few stars are the centerpieces. And so I think maybe this is his chance to have a little bit of an impact because these players are so young. So I actually am not too... Um, upset about it. I like, I kind of like it. I just it. was shocked when I woke up to the news because he's had such a successful year at Michigan. Saying that word makes me want to puke, but yeah, I'm surprised you didn't say it. I know I'm, tr- I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to keep my journalist hat on. It's not going very well for me, but yes, he's had, had a very successful career at Michigan. He's made a lot of change for that program. I mean, what he's done in the past, even few years has been very remarkable. So it's a huge loss for Michigan. I think a great pickup for the Cavs, Hopefully he can turn things around mm-hmm. in Cleveland. I I really think he will. I think this is a good hire for Cleveland. Michigan, mm, good luck to you. Sorry, right? Michigan. Well, another thing I <laughs> have been laughing about since I saw the initial video, Quinnen Williams, who was just drafted to the New York Jets, had a press conference. And he was asked about meeting oh, his new team la- teammates in New York. And if you know Q Williams at all, he's he's been – very lighthearted through this whole NFL draft process. He's always funny with the media. He's just, he's like a big giant kid. He's like 300 and some pounds, braces. He has braces, And he's just this nasty D-lineman. He's he's hilarious. So he was talking to the media and he, just his pure innocence when he was talking about when he saw Le'Veon Bell. And he's like, and then I met Sam Darnold. And he's pulling out all these players just in shock that he is playing with them. And he he goes, he says something along the lines of, well, I guess I'm one of these guys too. I just don't really think of it that way. Right. It was so funny. It was so pure, so innocent. And he even said one of the players was like on his fantasy team or something like that. I just loved this so much. You need to Google it if you haven't seen it because it's just so, so funny. Yeah, it's got to be surreal. We had rookie camp here for the Titans, and a lot of the rookies that we have, uh, you could tell like they they kind of were still trying to soak it yes. all in. Because for them, it's just such a quick transition, and all of a sudden, they're in a big city. They're pros now. They're going to be working alongside all mm-hmm. these other guys mm-hmm. that they've looked up to their whole lives. So I think that's what's so great about the draft process, though, and, and how quickly it comes into, you know, being a pro because you have no other right. choice. Like you have to just it's a natural it's a natural transition, but it's a fast mm-hmm. one. So it's kind of cool to see that reaction, reaction because it's here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pure. And and sometimes I think we miss that in sports sometimes because these guys think that they have to be all rough mm-hmm. and tough. And I think it's cool to see yeah, that. It was awesome. Still it happening. Was awesome. Uh so our third outside the line topic we have to get to. And I don't think you're a Game of Thrones watcher, are I'm you? I'm not. I'm just honestly you I'm, need, I'm late. You need to, to start game. watching. I'm just very late to the game. It doesn't matter. No, I know, but here's here's the thing. Now with the commitment. If I sit down and watch this thing, you know I'm not getting up. That's like a week's worth of just binge watching. 
You're taking a week <laughs> off of work. Like, or you're staying up really late like I did when I had to I catch know. up a I need, couple I years ago. I need to dive ago. in. I need to do it. It's, it's really good. And I like it because like pop culture is so fun because so many of these professional stars watch some of these, these big oh, yeah. series. And this is one that I think is the most popular. So Aaron Rodgers made a cameo on Sunday's episode of uh, Game of Thrones. And it was funny because you could tell, you could tell if you were obviously watching closely, you could see where it was or whatever. But the big question was like, did he die in the battle? So everyone's still wondering, like, did he die? But I, I think it's, I think it's hilarious though, that these, these celebrities in sports are now like becoming more prominent in like some of these TV series. Like they're making appearances. It's like, so they're all like trying out their little acting bug. It's, it's, it's funny to me though, because you see it so much more often these days, but I, I know that was one that people were kind of looking forward to. And I know the Packers like tweeted out all this of stuff. Have course. you seen the picture? Oh, of course I've seen the picture. Him? And I, I think yeah. that's why you, we're seeing more and more of this is just because of social media. I mean, you know, all the, like, Oh yeah. Social media is game of Thrones central on Sunday nights now. You know what I mean? I lose all my sports people for like two hours on a Sunday night. Cause everyone's tweeting about game right? of Thrones, but you know, a lot of these players become celebrities because you can take a look at their lives at any minute of the day. You know, you don't just see them on a football field or on the ice or on a court anymore. You see them as a friend, as a brother, as a dad, as a husband, like so many things. And I think that's why you see them in so many different spaces now, because you, you really take a look more into their lives and not just who they are in their, in their respective sport. Yeah, and that's how people are definitely able to connect Mm -hmm. more to their favorite players. So, well, we are going to take it into the knockout round here, our final thoughts, wrapping up this week's podcast. And I know that this week wasn't as thrilling for me sports-wise. Obviously, I think my favorite thing was definitely the Kawhi Leonard last second shot when it took like four bounces. I know you're struggling <laughs> over there, but but people, the Drake curse is it done? I don't, is it oh over? My God, I don't know. He is a Toronto Raptors I was, fan. I was now. talking to my my former supervisor from Ohio state who has now moved to Philadelphia. I was talking to her the morning after the game and she said, I really want to turn on um, Philly sports radio and hear what they're saying. I said, no, you don't. (laughs) I said, if you're new to Philadelphia, you do not want to turn on sports talk radio in Philadelphia the morning after a game like that. I can tell you right now because you will pack your bags and you will leave and never come back. (laughs) You'll be like, who are these getting out of here right now? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, but it, it it was a cool moment though, just for I think everybody who wasn't a Phillies yeah. fan because it was such a, a crazy thing to happen mm-hmm. in a game seven. So that's why we appreciate sports. That's why we do what we do is for just moments like that that can make a week so much fun when you cover yeah. sports. Sixers are gonna be so. filled with drama this summer. I can tell you that. It's gonna be, it's gonna be Yes, drama. they are. Yes, they are. And we like drama. drama. Just just, just a, a little, little bit of it. <laughs> well, 
Ella, where can everybody go to follow us on our social media platforms and also to subscribe to our podcast? Sure. So if you're listening right now on iTunes, you can click that subscribe button. And then if you would like to leave us a rate or review, we would love to hear from you. And then on Twitter and Instagram, you can follow the podcast at Press Pass Pod, as well as our personal Instagram and Twitter accounts, which are at Ella Ditch and at Kayla Anderson TV. Also, be sure to listen to other Blue Wire podcasts. Um, there's a lot of great podcasts lined up on Blue Wire. So whatever your interests are, I'm sure you can find something for that. All right. Well, that does it for this week's episode of Press Pass. Thank you to our guests for coming on and breaking down the NBA playoffs. And as for you guys, thanks for tuning in. And we'll be back here with a new attitude and some new fun things next week. We look forward to it. Bye, guys. Bye.